welcome to episode 39 of our baseball weekly the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit my name is lewis and on this week's episode i get to talk with astros mod you slash all filla phil about the al west the astros down the stretch and their potential playoff matchups uh but before we get to that and our first what might be playoff preview uh it's hypothetical but it's it's a pretty good chance of that that we're previewing an actual series here before we get to that though i am joined by maz today to go over some of the news from this week of baseball maz how are you doing today doing pretty okay uh can't complain too much it was weird listening to, to you do the intro because usually when i'm around i i hop on the intro but uh feeling a little under the weather today you know what happened so i figured i'd uh i'd let you take the reins on this one at least yeah it's it's been a while since i i mean for the first i don't know 15 episodes i was pretty consistently doing the intro and then i started doing some other stuff and let you guys take over a bit and just kind of sat behind the scenes uh for for the most part and uh it's it's been kind of nice uh yeah i I just get to pop in life kind of got in the way but like it's cool i mean it's life's important uh as anyone who's living will tell you but um yeah hey it's the two of us today and uh let's 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 see what we got on the docket for this week well the first thing we need to allow some teams to take a victory lap and celebrate here on tuesday the giants became the first team of the year to clinch a playoff spot, which none of us would have seen coming. No one, literally no one. Yeah. I was listening to effectively wild. Grant Brisby said he, he did an article. He does an article at the beginning of every year where he breaks down like the top percentage finishes for the giants and like the bottom percentage finishes. And he said his 99th percentile was not this. Like <laughs> he did not expect this if everything went right. Um, yeah. They it, really outperformed ridiculous. their projections, I think. And, and if you said, like you said, nobody had them projected to be this good uh, clinching a playoff spot in, you know, the second week of September or whatever it is. Um, if you say that you had them do this, I wouldn't believe you. You, you show me your sports almanac and just show me how you knew uh, because it's just, no, no one, no one predicted this at all. No. Even if you predicted them making the playoffs, I don't think <clears throat> you predicted them on pace to win well over a hundred games. I yep. mean, well over a hundred games. There's, 97 right now it's they'll, they'll get to 100 yeah they'll, absolutely they'll easily um, get to 100 especially um, in that division i mean it's it's crazy what how good the dodgers have been too that they've rattled off this many wins you know if yeah. it were anything i were to think okay maybe the dodgers underperformed and like the padres underperformed and then the giants are really good but no the dodgers have, are really good as well they're gonna hit 100 wins too possibly yeah well they're only a game back now in yeah. the division they also clinched this week which if you can do math and you figured the giants clinched on Tuesday and the Dodgers are only a game behind (laughs) mathematically, it is pretty likely that the, uh, the Dodgers would have also clinched at, at that point. Um, So at least we know the first two teams that'll be in the playoffs. One of them is going to be in the wild card game, which is (laughs) insane to think that, you know, a hundred win team is going to come down to one game at the end of the year. Well, and I'm trying to think the last, I feel like, don't quote me on this. I feel like the last time a hundred win team 
um, was in the wild card game. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I'm just I'm double checking here. No, no hundred win team has played in the wild card game. Really? That has, okay. That has not not happened since the wild card game has been a thing. There have been wild card teams in the past. Um, with, I think the closest we might have gotten to was like the NL Central a handful years ago. That was what I was ago. thinking. That, yeah, that was Cubs, what I was thinking. Pirates, uh, you know, were all really, really good. Probably, probably ninety wins is probably what we're confusing it with. But yeah, not a hundred wins at yeah. all. No, not not that. Um, although this is this is a fun fun look back. Uh, I've got the list of hundred win uh, major league baseball seasons. Mm-hmm. How would how would you like to go 104 and 50 and not make the playoffs? Oh my god. How because long ago that's was that? what happened to the 1942 <laughs> Brooklyn Dodgers oh. who finished two games behind the 106 win St. Louis Cardinals who uh, beat the wait for it 103 and 51 New York Yankees in the World Series. Wow. What a top heavy year that was. Um, I'm telling you, it's good that we have the wild card though. I know, I know people hate it. Uh, they don't think that your season should come down to one game like that. If you win a hundred plus games, but I mean, you know, that like, that's just the breaks sometimes. Like, I'm sorry. Like, like, like we said, this has never happened before. I don't think we need to uproot the whole system just because this one time a hundred win team is going to play in the wild card game. Like, Okay, just stems the breaks. Like I said, sorry. <laughs> try, yeah. try to win your division next year. <laughs> you know? Do do better. Right. Do better. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, and I mean, to to go along with that, if if we didn't have the wild card game, um, we wouldn't be following this NL West race at all. Right, because this is this is what used to happen uh, in the NL East for years. Was it didn't matter who won because the other team just oh okay whatever. Um, in the words of the New York Post, when the Yankees lost the division to the Rays and ended up facing the Twins in the playoff, this is better for us. Easy pass. Um, that that was their headline, and <laughs> then it was indeed an easy. Easy pass. Uh, we, we know how that goes, unfortunately. But uh yeah, you know. And the Vikings lost on a missed field goal. It's like it's oh terrible. It's terrible. Minnesota, Minnesota heartbreak town. That's these days. Uh, um, okay, okay. Anyways, anyway, then <laughs> we should not leave out. The Milwaukee Brewers joined the playoff clinch party as well. Uh, they have clinched a playoff spot. They are 11 and a half games up on the uh, Cardinals in that division. I believe I, they have not clinched the division yet. The magic number is three there. Um, but there. Uh, they'll get there pretty quick. I'm pretty sure. And uh, <laughs> they have the lowest magic number in baseball. Uh, number two is the White Sox with a magic number of four. Um, the White Sox do not have as good of a record as the Brewers do though. So, all right. So party, party in San Francisco, LA and Milwaukee, because, well, you've got some playoff baseball in your future and uh, that'll be exciting. 
especially Milwaukee, who just had uh, world championship basketball, uh, you know, month or two, two or three months ago, I feel like at this point, I don't know. I don't really keep track of basketball, but I know that the, the Bucks won. So Milwaukee could be title town, just like how Tampa was, uh, you know, a year ago. Um, yes. when the Lightning and the Bucks both won down they're, in Tampa. They're going to drive up to Green Bay and <laughs> steal the title town sign and drive it down. Um <laughs> Because the Packers, well, they looked really pathetic last week. I don't know. They, they have not played yet this week. We will see. Um, <laughs> but that is something that other people can worry about. Um, because for the next few weeks, it's baseball's home stretch. And there are yep. some fun, fun races to watch every night of the week. Not just on three nights a week. Every night of the week. And uh, one of the most exciting is that NL wildcard number two race. Uh, and this week, uh, the Cardinals have taken that second wildcard slot right now for the first time all year, sweeping mm-hmm. the Mets and the Padres. Oof, yeah, that's a rough time. They uh, The Mets haven't won a game in almost a week now, so I don't really uh, – I can't really say congratulations to the Cardinals because it's – like you're just expected, you know, to win at that point. But yeah, they come and swoop the second playoff spot, a uh, wild card spot from the Padres. And uh, Padres are in free fall, and the Cardinals are just uh, doing pretty good. They're getting contributions from everyone, whether it be, you know, as we, as me and Nime talked about last week, whether it be old man Wainwright or, uh, you know, some dude named Lars Newtbar, uh, you know, they're getting contributions from everyone. And, uh, I wish I could say I'm happy, but it's the Cardinals, so uh, I'm not. But uh, good, good for them, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Nime, you better not cut that out. Uh, Please don't. He's, he's never going to let us hear the end of it. I half expect him to record himself saying something and insert it in right here. Well, Lewis, if you insist, I'm happy to talk about the Cardinals, who did indeed uh, sweep both the Mets and the Padres this week in just fantastic fashion sort of ending both of their playoff hopes because uh the Padres are going to face the Giants the Dodge and the Giants uh which is going to be very very rough for them the Mets as Maz just said have not been winning baseball games so I don't think either of them really have a playoff hope in fact the Phillies are now next in line for the NL second wild card which is kind of a big shocker to all of us but uh yeah I'm obviously very excited about the Cardinals doing well. Uh, I've said many times on the show I didn't expect them to actually be competing for a playoff spot. They are competing for a playoff spot and holding that playoff spot right now. Very, very excited. Lots of contributions from, of course, uh, guys like Nolan Arenado and uh, Paul Goldschmidt. But Tyler O'Neill has really, really stepped it up this year, doing really, really well. Uh, you know, Jay Happ and John Lester, not huge contributors, but they go deep into games, which is better than could be said for the guys they replaced. Uh, the Cardinals are basically guaranteed to be the worst team in the playoffs, which also means they're basically guaranteed to win the World Series. Okay, I'm going to stop cutting in. Back to you guys. Gosh, um, some, yes. Some I sort of wait. gloating. Hey, uh, <laughs> just because I've got it pulled up here, Maz, what what range would you give uh, if I were to ask you what the Cardinals run differential is right now? Oh, um, I know there's only one or two teams that are in a playoff spot that have a negative run differential, if that. Um, so I'm going to say... 30 positive 30 you are 10 times higher than it is they are three. at a positive three 
Wow. Their pie thing is 74 and 74. Oh, they wow. are behind the uh, Cincinnati Reds, who have a plus 23, okay. and the plus 46 San Diego Padres. And wow. just, just to show the difference between those uh, those teams in the wild card race here, uh, the Dodgers lead baseball with a positive 249. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> well, uh, run differential ain't everything, but nope, uh, it's, it's just something. Just ask the Blue Jays. Uh, is theirs negative? Is that what I was no, thinking about? No, no, the about? Blue Jays are at 177 and oh. are sitting in third place in their division. Oh boy. Third in baseball, third in their division. Oof. So. Number one in our Canadian friends' hearts. That's that's very true. No. Um, and you know what? Uh, this is something I didn't see coming. The Cardinals surging up here. I need to give major props to uh, Trent Rosecrans, who we had on a few weeks ago for the Reds preview, because he's the one who put the Cardinals back on my radar. And uh, he was right. And uh, apparently, if you get paid to write for The Athletic about baseball, you know more (laughs) about baseball than a lot of other people. So uh, shout out to him for for calling that and calling them the biggest threat to the, the Reds and Padres playoff chances. Good on you, Trent, because, yeah, they, they do look like the only threat in that playoff race right now. I mean, you know, the Mets are technically there. The Phillies are technically there. But, you know, none of these teams are playing as good as the Cardinals and the Reds are lately. You know, Padres aren't playing good. So, yeah, he, he nailed it. Credit where credit's due. Well, and you mentioned the Phillies. The Phillies are also locked in a race now. It is a race now with the Braves. For the NL East, they are currently, as we record, Sunday Night Baseball hasn't finished. What's the score, Maz? It is two to two right now in the bottom of the sixth. So they will either be one or two games back of the Braves by the time this is released on Monday morning. And so, and they're three games back of the wild card right now. So um, I guess the Braves could be in that wild card discussion. As they well. could. I mean, I'd be surprised if they slipped that much to be in that, you know, the wild card discussion. Um, the Phillies, they're just, you know, they're playing the Mets. Uh, like, like I said, it's expected at this point in the season. <laughs> All right. So uh, that that is where the well and the races, the other big race here um, between teams is for that AL wild card. And uh, as of right now, the Red Sox have the first wild card by virtue of playing two more games than the Blue Jays and winning both those games. The Blue Jays are number two. The Yankees are one and a half games back of the Jays, and they're one, uh, they're two games back in the loss column from both the Red Sox and Blue Jays. So no making that up and mm-hmm. uh, on their own. And then the A's are two games back. But the Mariners are also four games back. I will mention uh, them. I am pulling for the Mariners personally. I'm, I want to see them break that drought. But uh, I'm pulling no. for it. I feel like there's just not much steam left in that train. Uh, yeah, same, unfortunately. To, to leap three teams in front of them seems like a bit of a stretch there. Right. So, But the A's are on a five-game win streak and uh, have uh, clawed themselves back into discussion kind of there. So... We will see. And we, we talk about that a little bit later on when I talk with Phil 
uh, about the AL West and the Astros in just a little bit here. So stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, if you want a little bit more about that, but uh, well, uh, Shohei Otani had a, a couple of things, one, not so fun, one, very fun uh, this week. And he, I mean, Shohei Otani does a lot of fun things. Let's be honest. <laughs> Everything he does is fun. Seems uh, like it. The only thing that wasn't really fun this week um, on Thursday, uh, he was at the plate with Mike Wright Jr. pitching against him, and Wright Jr. had zero control. Did you watch the video, Maz? I did. I saw yeah. the clip. I think he threw three pitches to the, to him. Three really off target, and then he yeah. hit Otani with. Then the he pitch. hit him. Right. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that's that's rough. That's not good. It was so bad that the umps met right afterwards and ran him out of the game. Yeah. Because um, now since then. MLB has suspended him for three games for throwing at a batter, but he is appealing. I don't know. I didn't think it was intentional. I thought he was just really, really bad that night. Yeah, it didn't really seem intentional to me. I know one of the pitches was kind of like really down and middle. Uh, you know, it's not like he threw behind him three times. You know, they, they missed kind of all around the zone. So if you're asking for my non-professional opinion, I think he just, like I said, just didn't really have it. Uh, the three-game suspension seems a little harsh, but uh, I don't know. I guess I'd be nervous, too, if I was pitching to Shohei Otani, you know? Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, if your control is that bad, maybe you need to take three days off and just, like, sit and think about what you just did. True. <laughs> like like I say to middle schoolers all the time, why don't you just sit there and think about what you want to say next before <laughs> just, you say it. Just take a minute to yourself. Take and a then, minute and then to go yourself. From there. <laughs> yeah, just, just chill a little bit. Um, in happier Otani news, Time magazine named Shohei Otani one of the 100 most influential people of 2021. I know he's influenced my life a lot this year. I don't, I don't know about you, Maz. Same here. He, he is a very influential person. I mean, I don't know. You, you could put out however much stock you want to put in it. You could think it's a joke. Who really cares about what Time Magazine thinks? Um, hey, but Time like, Magazine named me person of the year one year. So <laughs> Me too. So, all right, let's 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 put some respect on Time Magazine's <laughs> name. I will say that. Um, but you know, it's not nothing. You know, they, no. they're a major publication. It's something they do every year. You, you, you can't just completely poo-poo it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you kind of have to take it with a little bit of stock. He, his little blurb was written by Alex Rodriguez. Uh, was a surprisingly pretty good blurb, I thought. Um, so that was pretty cool. Now, see, this is the thing. I feel like A-Rod is really thoughtful when he has time to really think about it and collect his thoughts when he's in the studio, like pregame postgame. It's great. I love listening to pregame postgame Alex Rodriguez when he's yeah. not good is when he feels like he needs to say something between every pitch on Sunday night baseball. It, he, his mind doesn't work that fast. Yeah. A lot of people's minds don't work that fast. Yeah. I don't think you, you'd find anybody that disagreed with you there. I do. Oh. And and with that, with that, I would say he might improve if he worked at the pace of a normal color commentator. When you're watching a local broadcast, the color guy is not interjecting every single pitch 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he slowed down, it would work out, but I think that's not ESPN's strategy, yeah. apparently. Any anytime when they do the postseason on you know Fox, TBS, whatever, and it's always like A-Rod and like Frank Thomas and like Pedro Martinez, anytime like they're all just like talking about baseball, I always mm. I love that. Mm. It, you know, I don't kiss. I'm not uh, you know, not ashamed to admit it. But yeah, when he's doing play by play, he is significantly worse. Um you know, Otani was one of only a couple athletes on the list. Now that I'm looking at it, um, Tom Brady was on there. Uh, Simone Biles was on there. A couple of other, listen, I'm going to plead ignorance. A couple of other like gymnasts that I don't know of were on there as well. But, you know, the names kind of sound familiar to me. And uh, Naomi Osaka, who's a tennis player, which I have heard of as well, was on there as well. So she's an elite company with, you know, four or five athletes on this 100 people list and i again you could you could kind of brush this aside all you want but it's not nothing and, and it's undeniable that he is extremely influential he is and he he's trying so hard to fill that mike trout shaped void in all of our baseball hearts mm-hmm. um this season and just for you to make sure we make me we uh, talk about trout a little bit here. I wanted <laughs> to, I wanted to bring up this uh, graphic that the uh, the White Sox broadcast team at NBC Sports Chicago put up uh, about uh, Mike Trout in MVP seasons versus Mike Trout in non MVP seasons. Uh, when <laughs> when Mike Trout wins the MVP, he slashes two ninety eight four seventeen five eighty two. When Mike Trout doesn't win the MVP, he slashes 308, 420, <laughs> 584. So uh, apparently, he's, he's better when he doesn't win MVP. Apparently, apparently the secret is you can't give Mike Trout the MVP, and his numbers will be better. Which it doesn't yep. make any sense. Stop. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's mostly inflated by. Uh, you know, his rookie of the year campaign that yes. didn't win the MVP, which was just an outstanding season. Um, and then the year where he lost uh, to Miguel Cabrera, who had the triple crown, that was an absurd season as well. So it's kind of, it's kind of inflated by that, but it, it really, it really is a testament to just how voter fatigue works. Like, you know, the guy should arguably have maybe two more MVPs, but just can't give it to him every year. So, so they don't. Well, hopefully he comes back healthy next year i'm praying for him every night in front of my altar that i definitely have in my house to mic drop (laughs) oh come back to us mike the weatherman needs to return (laughs) all right um and then one last bit here which uh we've got some more some some information to talk about and discuss here Um, It's just kind of a minor piece of news, really, but the Mariners may not be hosting a playoff game anytime soon, but they do get to host the 2023 All-Star Game. Uh, They last hosted in 2001, which, if you can do the math, there are 30 teams, and uh, the Mariners are getting it in only 22 years later. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Maz, you you broke down some of the places that did not get it over that span, and who you think might be a little deserving of this. Yeah, I uh, of course next year, twenty twenty two, we already know it's going to be in Dodger Stadium, uh, which it was supposed to be in Dodger Stadium last year for the, I believe, one hundredth anniversary. Uh, or not hundredth, I'm sorry, for the 
anniversary of Dodger Stadium? Which 50th, anniversary is that? 50th, 50th anniversary. Ah, yeah, it's not Fenway. It's not 100 years old yet. No. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and then in uh, 2023, it's going to be in T-Mobile Park. I kind of, as I typically do, will say in, uh, you know, off the cuff, bizarre statement, like I could think of 10 more parks that deserve it before Safeco do. And uh, I tried to fill out that list and I didn't get to 10. But uh, let's just look at a couple stadiums that haven't hosted in a while since 2000, before 2001, and then kind of go from there. Just real quick. Uh, Fenway Park is probably the biggest one, hasn't hosted in over 20 years. Uh, By the time 2023 comes around, it would be the 111th anniversary of Fenway. Uh, You could argue maybe next year would be a good time for 110, but hey, listen, we can't do that. Um, Last hosted in 1998. So, oh, no, uh, I'm sorry, 1999. So I think they had a pretty memorable home run derby there with uh, Maguire and Sosa um, hitting balls over the Green Monster, which is pretty cool. I remember mm. watching that as a kid. Uh, next one I came up with was American Family Field, which I still call Miller Park. So, you know, suck it, American Family. Well, now everyone knows what park you're talking about because just saying the AmFam Clam is not enough to... Uh... Oh, is that what they call? Know. Is that what they jokingly call it? That's what I'm gonna jokingly call it. Ooh. Ooh, oh, boy. Um, by the time 2023 comes around, they wouldn't have hosted in 20 years, and I think it's kind of important for them to host it again because the last one that they hosted was that tie. So yeah. I think, you know, aside from just the 20 years, hey, the last one they hosted was a dud. So why not maybe get them back out there and get that awful taste out of their mouth? You know. Yeah. Um, other than that, we got Globe Life Fields, a brand new park. They did host the World Series last year amidst the pandemic, but uh, it's still usually when there's a brand new field, uh, you know, Marlins Park, Lone Depot Park or, or something <laughs> like that, or City Field, they try to get it within one or two years of them opening. So, hey, why not? That's something that I bought. I thought up. <coughs> yeah, and I, I believe Sorry, I believe MLB does that because uh, that's usually – part of the incentive that they they pitch to the cities when they're Mm -hmm. trying to get uh either the city to pay up for a stadium or to give them tax breaks i know uh, a big part of uh the vikings getting u.s bank stadium financed was uh minneapolis getting a guarantee that they would host the super bowl at some point um probably for the only time that a city (laughs) that gets to negative 20 during Super Bowl week at times will host the Super Bowl. There were so many frigid, cold celebrities complaining that year. Um, <sighs> I think it'd be cool to have it outdoors at a cold weather stadium. But It would definitely you know. be cool, but yeah, I mean, no pun intended, but you have to think about, you know, all those celebrities that are there, all those old legends <sighs> that are there and everything. Yeah. Yeah. NFL is not going to want to sit them in negative 20 degree weather. I mean, as cool as that would be, maybe it snows, but yeah, no, they don't, they don't want that. And the beautiful thing about baseball is it's played in the summer where you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. I, I just, I love baseball. All right. All right. Anyways, uh, uh, moving on. Kind of limp into the finish here. This is when I thought, okay, maybe I'm not going to get to 10. Uh, I I thought about whatever the new Oakland stadium is. You know, apparently they're supposed to be getting a new stadium in 2023 or, you know, 2024, hopefully. Uh, Yeah, like I said, limp to the finish. Uh, Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Baltimore hasn't hosted in 30 years as of 2023, and it would be the 31st anniversary of Camden. 
So, you know, close to, a, close to a milestone. I, that was a good uh, good home run derby as well. Everybody mm-hmm. remem- remembers Griffey launching them up to the uh, the warehouse. And uh, it's just a very good stadium. I, I think a pretty underrated stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we got Rogers Center. Hasn't hosted in over 30 years either. Canadian, you know, Canadian Stadium. Um, cool park from what I've heard. I don't really hear that it's, you know, bad or anything. So why not give up to the guys up north? Tourist Park. Again, kind of limp into the finish here. Obviously, it was moved this year, but it does still, quote, deserve, quote, quote, one more than T-Mobile. We could get into the politics of why it was moved all we want. But listen, just being objective as possible and, and trying to fulfill my stupid 10 yep, stadium yep. statement that I made. Um, and then Wrigley Field was the last one that I had, which uh, Wrigley hasn't hosted in over 30 years as well. And I don't know, maybe if you want to wait till 2024, that would be Wrigley's 120th birthday. That would so. be pretty neat be pretty neat i think maybe i think maybe that's the most likely one to happen either that or fenway maybe is most likely to to host another one in the next five years yeah and i'd assume i don't know um i know that so wrigley they the rickets are putting a lot of money into it for the renovations i know there has been talk that eventually they're going to have to move on from fenway um i feel like that that's going to happen before uh, Wrigley gets moved on from just because of how much the Ricketts have bought in the Wrigley neighborhood. There's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. I would think so as well. It's versus you know, like, the Fenway group. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's really uh, kind of been overhauled the last couple of years and so, uh, hasn't so been there yet, but you know. Yeah. So Fenway really needs to get one before that move happened. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe MLB has been talking with the Red Sox and it's planned to be at the last season at Fenway. I don't know if this is moving anytime soon. Maybe just like uh, Yankee Stadium. Yes. Like this is this is the end. I really need to make it out of Fenway sometime, too. Um, I've been to Wrigley. Love, love going to Wrigleyville. It's just it's just got this energy about it that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we've got to make it out to Fenway. And then, uh, yeah, so 2024 and 2025 are open. And 2026 was announced <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, that is going to be at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. Right. And that year was chosen because it's the 250th anniversary of America. That so, makes sense. You can't really be angry at that one. That's, Philly, uh... Philly gets to... Uh, I say of America, of the Declaration of Independence. Right. <laughs> yeah. Historians can can debate on what where you can say the history of America. The Declaration <laughs> of Independence. That's the uh, that's the big thing there. Um, yeah, that, that's the only reason I didn't include Citizens Bank on my list. Um, you know, they've been around since two thousand four. Haven't hosted one yet, but they're hosting in twenty twenty six. So good, good on them for that. It would be. Oh, man. I don't I don't think they would they would mess with the schedule that much to make it on July 4th 7 or 2024 <laughs> that'd be impressive if they could move it back to July 4th 1776 yeah, okay. J- July 4th 2026 <laughs> um especially cuz the 4th is a Saturday and they're not going to oh. they're not going to do that I that I would be insane wonder, I think not a bad idea, honestly, but that would be insane. Fourth of July weekend, 200th anniversary in Philly. That sounds like it would be really, really cool. It'd be really cool. 
But I feel like the city of Philadelphia will actually be telling them, don't schedule baseball games this weekend at Citizens Bank because we're going to need that parking. We're going to need all of that public transport for everything else going on. Yeah, unfortunately, um, logistics might, might push that out. Logistics but, would, would make that uh, go off. All right. Well, Maz, thank you for coming out tonight and joining me to run down the news here and to talk about those. For those of you listening at home, stick around. I will be back in just a few seconds with Phil or Alfila, the uh, mod, one of the mods of r slash Astros. And we talk about the AL West, the Astros, and a potential playoff series preview. So stick around for that right after this. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Lewis, and I am happy to be here today with user Alfila or Phil. He is a moderator of the Astros subreddit. We had him on earlier this year to talk about the uh, the Astros and how they were getting received at a number of stadiums as well as how the team was doing and uh, at this point the team is doing really well and they've got a series with the A's coming up so we decided to bring him back to talk about what that series is going to be like and to see how the Astros are looking going into the postseason so Phil thank you so much for joining us how are you today? Thank you, Lewis. Thanks for having me back. And if uh, the banging noises in the background are too loud, just let me know and I'll turn them down. Oh, okay. I'll, uh, if you hear anything from upstairs, you let me know as well. Uh, yeah, no problem. I can't, I can't, there's one right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, as if you listening at home, we both have kids. So we've got, we've got some random noises that occur. Well, you know, I'm in right Houston, up. so there's extra banging noises. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, you, you guys did not really get hit by the hurricane out by where you're at. You guys are doing fine. How's the area? So I live in the way northwest corner of Houston, about 50 to 60 miles inland. And other than some other than some wind and a little bit of rain, uh, I lost power for a couple of hours. And, you know, that's, you know, pretty normal for ERCOT out here. Uh, anytime the weather gets a little bit inclement, we lose weather, lose power for a while. But no, we we actually fared very well. There was some flooding on the southeast side of town, which is kind of normal for a hurricane season. But, uh, no, the city on the whole, you know, fared very well. But thank you for asking. Yeah, I mean, if it didn't, then we'd be looking at another 2017 uh, hurricane Astros run here and it wouldn't bode well. You know, you know, what's the... funny. And I, I was joking with this with, uh, with our community earlier this year. Um, the last time I bought a new car was in 2017. And then we got, of course, Harvey came through in 2017. And uh, I bought another car this year. And then, of course, here comes Nicholas. And I was talking to my wife. I said, hey, you know, I think the stars are kind of aligning for another magical run. What do you say? And, you know, she just kind of laughed at me. But <laughs> Well, so uh, when we initially scheduled, uh, scheduled this or put this on our schedule that we wanted to do it, um, you guys have a really big series. Well, at the time, we were thinking really big series against the A's. When I was putting the schedule together, you mm-hmm. were kind of neck and neck in the standings. Um, however, at this point, this series means a lot more for uh, the A's 
then for you guys, and it's at the end of the week at the weekend. Um, but what is what's going on lower in the AL West here? What's happening with the A's? What's going on with the Mariners? I mean, I guess we so kind of with, all expected the Mariners to drop yes. a little bit, but so with all due respect to my my fellow AL West guys, uh, the Oakland Athletics. Um, yeah, when we had initially scheduled the, this this recording and podcast, uh, I, I believe we were five games up on Oakland, and Oakland and, and Seattle were kind of neck and neck in the wild card spot. Um, and, it, and it did seem like it was going to be a series that mattered. Uh, it it is still a series that matters. It's just not a series that matters to us as much anymore. <laughs> um, you know, all uh, all, all braggadociousness aside, it, it's pretty much a, a foregone conclusion that the Astros are going to win the ALS. Um, I don't, as much as I watch ALS ball, which, which is quite a bit and keep tabs on, you know, how the Rangers, Angels, Mariners, and, uh, and athletics are doing, I have no idea what is going on out there. Uh, the A's are beating up the Mariners, Mariners beating up the A's are all beating up each other. Um, or losing to the Royals, you know, <laughs> I, Hey, you know, we have experience with that this season too. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later where it seems that the Astros have an ability to, to make above 500 teams look like little league teams. And then, you know, the Orioles come rolling into town and we just kind of lay down and die. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think it, the last time we had recorded this, when I, when we were talking about how the West was going to shake out, I said that the the A's were the team that could threaten the Astros, but I I was pretty sure we were going to pull away at some point, and it looks like that was the case. That's kind of what happened. And um, I always think it's funny to have a conversation with someone outside of our own fandom that has kind of the when you're not in it and you don't talk about this team every day, you know how the team is performing. And, and you said before we started recording that you know we had been winning a lot of games, and so you ask anybody from our community, it's like. Hey, we win, win two, lose one, win one, lose two. We're, we've been very, very, very back and forth, especially since the all-star break. Um, we're kind of underperforming our expected win percentage by just a little bit. So I think a lot of that has had to do with uh, we've, you know, we've kind of had another injury and in COVID plagued season, which I, you know, most teams have some, mm-hmm. some more than others. Um, we've been kind of treading water a little bit and just kind of plodding along and hope, hope that we go into the the last couple of weeks, of baseball, all hundred percent healthy. Yeah. So down the stretch here, uh, what do you see? At, what, what do you want to see out of the Astros as you finish up the season here? Got just a couple weeks left. Like you said, the West should be yours barring a collapse uh, of of uh, 2011 proportions here, um, not that <laughs> yeah. the Astros collapse, but just, you know, that magnitude, uh, pretty hard to collapse when you're already, you know, in the cellar. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was looking at the, I was looking at the remaining games that we have left and we have another series against the angels. I believe we play, you know, we're playing the diamondbacks right now. I have, I, I've been, I got pulled away and I haven't had a chance to check on the score right now. Uh, I was at the game on Friday night with the, uh, the walk-off hit by pitch on Chaz McCormick, which was just, which was insane. Um, I think the only team, the only teams with records above 500 that we play for the rest of the season are the A's, which will have implications for them. Uh, probably not as much for us, but depending on if we can take care of business or not, which we should be able to. And then uh, of course the Rays, 
we have a couple games set uh, where we can maybe gain ground on, on the, the one seed in the American League. I don't think we're going to. I, I'm, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I would rather not. I think we match <laughs> up better against the White Sox. Um, and then I think the final series of the of the season against the Rangers, and we all know how the Silver Boot series has gone this year. Sorry to my friends in Arlington, but uh, yeah, it's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, are there any players that you uh, really think need to pick it up a notch here? Anyone you're a little worried might get cold if they're not, you know, they, they're not feeling that uh, that need to compete. Uh, and, and how do you just feel about those those players as we get ready to head into the postseason here? Sure. So aside from um, I, I know uh, this is always really funny to, to look at the stats. Uh, I, I know that the Astros pitching rotation and, and reliever core is is among the top five in, in the American League, which blows my mind having watched them for over a hundred games this year that it doesn't feel like they are, but they are. Uh, so it's the, the kind of roundabout answer to your question is, is who I'm afraid of getting cold or underperforming is really the pitching core. Uh, obviously our offense is we have two of the top three hitters in the American league and, and Yuli Gurriel and Michael Brantley. Uh, they've been very, very consistent and don't show signs of falling off. So I don't have much concern for them. Um, the the three that I kind of have small concern for, I wouldn't say worry, are obviously uh, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa, who can be very streaky at times. And as is popular saying in Houston is, is as Jose Altuve goes, so do the Astros. So if Altuve is performing at a high level, so does the rest of the team. If Altuve is in a slump, so is the rest of the team. But where we have been different this season is having uh, – having the outside of the stars really step up guys like uh, just called up Jake Myers are from our seemingly endless supply of 12th round pick outfielders that just come up to the majors and absolutely rake. Uh, it's the free the housing, or- right? That, that's what it is. It's the free housing for them. <laughs> it's, uh, apparently our organization does much better at taking care of its minor league players than others. So they, they, they tend to play better when they come up. Uh, you know, Jake Myers has been awesome since getting called up Chaz McCormick, uh, who I think Jake Myers has taken the starting position away from as much as I like Chazzy Fizz. Uh, Jose Siri has been a really interesting prospect coming up. Um, he, we were talking about him playing the, playing the Diamondbacks uh, on Friday and, uh, we were watching an at bat against Madison Bumgarner and Bumgarner brushed him off the plate with a couple of two seamers inside and it, Jose Siri has kind of a uh, a Juan Soto kind of air of arrogance, and I, I don't say arrogance like a bad thing. Uh, I know biscuits here are probably going to hear this, and I don't want to say anything bad about the Nationals because you know how I feel about the Nationals. Uh, but yeah, he's this season's been bad enough for him. So. Yeah, we yeah, we yeah we talked about that, and I was like, man, I feel really bad, but yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Um, he's kind of got that swagger about him, which I which I like quite a bit because I'm not a fan of the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, and then obviously, at least in Houston, it's obvious the, the player I want to talk about the most, who I think is flying under everyone's radar, uh, who I believe is poised for a huge breakout next year, is our wonderful, goofy right fielder, one Mr. Kyle Tucker. 
And uh, Mr. Kyle Tucker, full disclosure, is on both of my fantasy baseball teams and has you been carrying me to fans. top four finishes in both. So, so <laughs> I, I know I know maybe the rest of the baseball world doesn't want to hear this, but uh, I, I did want to point this out that over the last thirty days, he's hitting over a four twenty clip. Um, putting him in in, in in comparison over the last 30 days at least according to last 30 day performance on fan graphs is he's up there with uh yoan mancada and and bryce harper and he's striking out at half the amount those two are um we're talking about a guy that started the season hitting a buck 81 and uh, his expected batting average was like 278 and since then he's hitting over 290 uh he's got the highest on-base percentage of the team and the, the the funny the funniest thing about it is he's the sixth hole hitter on this team this you put him on any other team in the national league with the exception of you know five or six of them he's probably hitting in the three or four spot yeah definitely now you mentioned michael brantley um now he had been sidelined a little bit with some knee issues is mm-hmm. that going to be an issue going into the the final stretch here or is he going to be back pretty soon before the postseason at least yeah I, i'm i'm under the assumption because you know dusty baker doesn't kind of keeps everything close to the vest and he doesn't talk much to the media about anything Classic manager yeah <laughs> you know. I, i'm under the assumption that it was a you know let's give him some time off uh give him a chance to heal up uh he's, he's what 33, 34, he's kind of starting to get up there a bit. And I, there was an interview with him on our local radio station prior to a game about a month ago where there was some talk back and forth about splitting left field duties between him and Jordan Alvarez, Jordan, excuse me, and um, how we'd see Jordan playing left field more and Brantley being the ultimate competitor. He says, obviously, I want to play in the field as much as I can. I tend to hit better when I play out in the field, but I understand I'm getting up there. The body doesn't recuperate as well uh, that I'm going to be asked to, to designate or to be a designated hitter. Jordan's going to play left field and that's fine. You know, whatever it is that we need to do, you know, he's, he's, he's the ultimate team guy, whatever I need to do. So the team wins, whatever, however I need to contribute, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not concerned. Uh, if anybody has been consistent on this baseball team over the last three years, it's been Michael Brantley. We love him here. Uh, I don't, I don't foresee him, you know, falling off a cliff, at least within the next year or two. Interesting that he, he says he hits better in the field. I just, I had his page up here cause I wanted to see if I missed any big injury news here, but uh, he he's hitting better as a DH this year. Actually. Oh, that's funny. He's uh, he's uh, yeah. As a, when he plays the field, he's hitting well in left field, he's not hitting as well in right field, but it's only eight games. Um, as a DH, he's hitting 333, 378, 441, uh, 820 OPS. And as a left fielder, 311, 365, 443, 808 OPS. So uh, Maybe, I, that's, that must be one of those things where he, he just feels that he does. Yeah. So, so we'll see if that, uh, that means anything or if, or if anyone knowing the Astros analytics department, someone probably at, hear, heard that interview and was like, dude, you don't stop You're right. you, know, you know who that does apply to though is this Jordan Alvarez I believe yes. Jordan Alvarez is hitting 360 when he plays in the field and closer to 300 when he's DHing yeah and it definitely is the case for a lot of players I know uh I I feel like uh 
Albert Pujols was that way for it was weird. For he, that up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's, about a, that's, that. that's a that's a name I was hoping you know we could. He's out of the division. Oh, oh wait, he plays for the Dodgers. So yeah, yep. yeah. it's gonna it's gonna come back. It, it's gonna come back here. Uh, um, so all right, so that's that's kind of where things are going. How is the rotation looking? down the stretch here are there any concerns you have anyone kind of fizzling here that might not be ready for the postseason uh, or is everyone just kind of chugging along so our primary concern and i think we'll be able to address this in the offseason is that the astros don't have a bona fide ace on on the staff um after obviously if uh, things had gone differently last year. That would be Justin Verlander in his final year of his contract, but we know he had Tommy John surgery mm-hmm. and Garrett Cole is off being the best Garrett Cole he can be for the Yankees. Uh, so I wish him the best because I don't have anything bad to say about the guy. Um, so I hope he's doing well for that team up there that I don't care for very much. <laughs> <laughs> the feelings mutual Yankees fans. Don't worry. <laughs> Love you, but for, um, Zach Greinke, uh, since being on the COVID IL, his his ERA has jumped up quite a bit. Mm. Uh, I think that he's just getting old, and he he's got he's got uh, velocity issues. At, you know, with being like he's into the Greg Maddox portion of his career, where he's going to beat you on control and not on velocity, and that's starting to catch up. Um, there's only so many 89, 90 mile an hour fastballs you can throw at these guys before they're going to get one. Um, he's gone next year. I've loved Granky, but you know, if he doesn't resign with us, I'm not going to be terribly upset about it. Um, so really it's going to come down to the core of how well is Lance McCullers going to do Lance McCullers on the other hand is having a, having a career year this year. Mm-hmm. He's got the best ERA on the team hovering around three twelve. Uh, he's leads the team in strikeouts. He's second in fielding uh, field independent pitching. Uh, he added a slider in the off season. That seems to be mo- his most effective put away pitch. Uh, obviously he did not pitch the greatest yesterday, but, uh, you know, he stayed in the game a little bit longer than he needed to, because our bullpen's been a little bit tired after the bullpen game on Friday with, uh, Framber Valdez missing a game for cutting his hand on the outfield or cut his finger on the outfield wall, shagging a fly ball during, I, I don't know. Classic baseball injuries. <sighs> I know, uh, I know Martin and Deej are, have a list running and I think they're going to do a segment here about the, the, they're going to put it on a scale, the craziest baseball injuries and, uh, which ones were obviously not baseball injuries but they say they're baseball injuries but i think cutting your hand on the outfield fence is that so that that reminds me of my two favorite um as as y'all may may well know i'm also a i grew up a tigers fan converted into an astros fan when i met my wife in 2005 because i'm originally from michigan so my my all-time favorite was the late 90s joel zumaya guitar hero injury uh i love that that was great and then there was the time in the early 2000s when Roy Oswalt spent a, a week or two on the DL for uh, he had shocked himself while fixing the starter on his truck. Yeah, so those are some others are always my favorites to talk about those freak injuries. Um, yeah. So aside from McCullers, uh, Framber Valdez uh, has he had a, a little bit of a down season after the ban uh, or after, you know, the officials started checking for spider tech. I have no 
I have no reservations about saying, yeah, I think he was probably using the sticky stuff and uh, his, his uh, spin rate on his, on his breaking balls kind of belies that. But since then he seems to have bounced back and he's been pitching fairly well. Uh, I think he'll be fine. And then we have the, in, in my un, 100% unbiased opinion, the future American league rookie of the year, Luis Garcia, <laughs> sorry, Randy Arozarena, but it's, uh, you know, all, 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 all kidding aside, uh, it, it, I, I, I don't think he's going to win it, but uh, he's making a very good case. Prior to the COVID shortened season last year, the highest Garcia has pitched outside uh, what's a ball. And then he just completely stepped up and stepped into the starter role. Uh, he's been fantastic this year. He, um, the, the, the only concern that we have with him is the amount of innings he's got on his arm this season. He's already pitching into his career high. How much is Dusty going to use him? Are we going to use him as a tandem starter in the postseason, which I think is probably the probably going to be the likely scenario um, because of the, the, the amount our starters have had to pitch and kind of the talent level of starters we have this year. I, I expect us to do a lot of tandem pitching. Um, Jose Urquidy coming back after missing a good chunk of the season has looked great. Uh, Kitty is great. I, he performs poorly out of the bullpen. So I, I imagine it, in a postseason scenario, he'll be a starting pitcher of a tandem. Okay. Or he, he tends to work pretty quick uh, and, and pretty efficiently. Uh, it just has low numbers when he comes out of the pen. Hmm. Um, and then there's Jake Odorizzi what are we going to get from him? Um, I feel like you never know with him because he can go on a streak where he gives up one run a game for like a month and then uh, gives up one run an inning for the next month. And it's, uh, it's a crazy thing. So I understand you're a twins fan and you're in, you're, you're intimately familiar with Jake Odorizzi. And that's something that we've been kind of struggling to do here in Houston because we don't know him very well. And, <clears throat> he's had a very, very up and down season. Uh, I think a lot of that is he, he comes across as kind of a cerebral pitcher in the, in that Granky vein where he, he kind of gets inside of his own head and, mm-hmm. and doubts himself a bit. I, I was a big fan of the signing. Uh, I, I have liked Jake Odorizzi for a while. Uh, I think, I think he has the stuff to be a top of the rotation kind of guy. Uh, I just don't think he's really found his place here. And I think the, we've mishandled him a bit. Uh, I, I love Jason Castro. I don't think Jason Castro should be catching him. No. I absolutely think Martin Maldonado should be catching him. Uh, I think if, if you look at the uh, catcher, the uh, catcher's uh, rankings by framing, uh, Martin Maldonado scores much better than Jason Castro. I think he catches pitchers better. I think he's a better game manager. Um, and, th- and that's been the thing is that Dusty's been putting Castro out there with Odorizzi because of their ties back when they both played in Minnesota. I just don't think that's the right way to go, but no, because uh, Odorizzi throws a lot. Like you said, he's a cerebral pitcher. If he thinks that his catcher can steal him a strike, he's going to be throwing where he thinks his catcher can throw him a strike. He, so he, he seems like he lives on the corner. Exactly. So if you get a good pitch framer behind the plate with him, he's going to be uh, just missing and it's going to be a strike every time because he knows how to miss. Um, but when he can't get those calls, he ends up grooving it because he, he doesn't like walking people. And uh, that's that's just what happens with Odorizzi. So there, there you go. Um, I love you mentioned, uh, of course, yeah. Dusty Baker's your manager. Zach Greinke this year. 
Yeah, yeah, with Granky too. But uh, I, I love you mentioning you're worried about uh, overusing some young, young pitching and uh oh, Dusty Baker's the manager. I don't think that's Dusty's fault. I think that, like you said, it's just been um, trying to keep the bullpen fresh. But it, it's a fun way to keep narratives going even after they're uh, probably so, past their. Past I, their I, I know. I know Dusty Baker mismanaging the bullpen or mismanaging the pitching staff has been a meme for decades now before memes were even a thing. Uh, what I am confident to some degree about is uh, at least he's got Brent Strom as his pitching coach. And, you know, Strom is a, is a hero here in Houston. The man will never have to pay for dinner or buy a beer anywhere he goes. Uh, I know he's kind of getting towards the end of his career, uh, but I, I, in, in, in Stromy, we trust. I hope um, the, 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 the other thing going into the postseason with pitching is, uh, we did make some, some big upgrades in the bullpen, which was obviously our most glaring weakness into this season. Uh, originally, uh, you know, the, the big, uh, the big sports world predictions for the Astros, if uh, what their success was going to be based upon was, can they field an outfield after George Springer left? Uh, obviously that's a, we have an embarrassment of riches in the outfield. So outfield hasn't been a concern. And then uh, starting rotation, starting rotation has been okay. We, you know, I think we are the third best ERA in the AL, which is a, which I still don't believe. Um, our starting pitching has been okay enough to, enough to get us long into games. Uh, that's going to be kind of the key. And then, and then our bullpen um, with the addition of Kendall Graveman, love Kendall Graveman. Uh, he's been, a little up and down over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but he's, he's been fine in that setup role, supplanting uh, Ryan Stanek. Uh, Ryan Stanek has been a little bit up and down this season too, but has pitched very well over the last month or two. Uh, his, he's been getting his fastball up in the 98, 99, 100 mile an hour range. His ERA is way down. Uh, I think his ERA over the last 10 to 15 days has been, been just above one um which is about what you can ask for the guy throws a splitter a slider and a 100 mile an hour fastball and he looks like he just got out of a fish concert i don't think you can ask anything more than that um (laughs) ryan ryan presley has been mentioned in the in the the 2021 cy young race i don't think he stands a chance i don't think he should be on that list but i've seen his name mentioned among amongst those uh who are eligible uh he's been a fine closer um I know, I know you're familiar with Ryan Presley. Thank you. I, I love Ryan Presley. I hope we keep him for a while. One of the things I, I hate uh, about that, that trade is that uh, he even said in an interview, the twins coaches were telling him the same thing. The Astros coaches were, he just didn't listen to the twins coaches when they told him. Uh, but when he came to the Astros, he decided he'd finally start listening. And uh, that, that really that hurts me deeply on the inside to know that um but we'll let bygones be got bygones and uh and and move on from that so we we mentioned right now we were going in we're the astros are pretty much set um to make the playoffs right now you're about four and a half games behind the Rays before the results of Sunday are final here uh, four and a half games behind the Rays for the top seed in the AL most likely it's going to stay pat that way and you guys will be facing the White Sox in the playoffs so yeah. assuming that that stays pat that you that the Rays don't 
have a little mini collapse that you guys don't sweep them down the stretch and flip the standings. And, and you said yourself, you'd rather face the White Sox. Why is it you think you match up with them so much better? And how do you see that matchup going here as we, so we gonna, get ready for the playoffs? I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and let in on, a, on, on kind of where my thoughts are heading is I think out of the East, it's going to be the Blue Jays that end up sneaking through on the wild card. And uh, the Blue Jays scare the ever-loving shit out of me. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they are, I don't think it's a fluke. I think the, the Blue Jays are legit. I, I love, I love, I love that team as much as I can and not being a fan of them. I love, uh, I love uh, Bo Bichette. I love, I love Vladdy Jr. I love Robbie Ray. Uh, obviously I have a big soft spot for their center fielder. Um, I like to see Kevin Biggio do well. Um, they just, they, they're scary. Uh, and the, and, and the scariest thing about them is they're getting hot at exactly the right time you want to as a team heading into the postseason. Um, the White Sox, we've matched up with a couple of times this season already. We have a five and two record against the White Sox. I know, uh, I know both of the teams like to say, well, we weren't at a hundred percent. So I'd be, I'm really interested to see them go at each other at a hundred percent. Um, Carlos Verdon is scary. Uh, he's very, very scary. Um, Liam Hendricks is a hell of a closer. Their entire offense is built from the ground up. Scary. Um, I just for some something tells me uh, that I think when it comes to offensive firepower, we might be able to out hit them. Um, my uh, we we go against the we play the White Sox. It, it's going to be it's going to go it's going to go the distance and, and be a, uh, be a five game. So it will play in the DS as a five game series. Yeah, it'll go mm-hmm. all five. Uh, and it'll be, a, it'll be a close one. Okay. So with that series, um, you are intimately familiar with one of the, the white Sox starters, Dallas Keuchel. Um, he is not having a very good stretch run here for the white Sox. His ERA is up above five. Just, uh, hasn't been doing as well. How do you think he would perform out of the bullpen, assuming that they go with a rotation of Rodon, Lynn, Giolito, and Cease? So in personal experience with, with Keuchel, I think he kind of suffers from the same thing that Jake Odorizzi does, where he does well once or twice through the lineup. It's the third time guys are getting looks at him where his stuff starts to fail him. Uh, Keuchel throughout his career has been traditionally a ground ball pitch to contact kind of pitch. Not, not he doesn't have real good put away stuff. Um, as, as long as he's coming out as a, as a long reliever, I, I think, uh, I think Dallas has the, has the kind of stuff to turn it around. I, I think being, being a reliever in the postseason is exactly what's going to be the cure that for what ails him. Um, I, I'm not looking forward to facing him, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I can't, I can't in good conscience. If I was the Chicago White Sox uh, front office and and uh, Tony Larusa, I I can't see putting Dallas Keuchel in a starting position in the postseason. Okay, yeah, and I mean, I I think I mean he he was the hero of the wild card game. Uh, yep. Oh boy, six years ago now when you guys beat the Yankees. Um, you mentioned earlier he was the starting pitcher in the craziest World Series 
extra inning game possibly in history. Um, I say craziest, like there have been better games. There have been more entertaining games. I don't think there's been a crazier game than that. Uh, There were, there there was what, uh, five different lead changes? Just ridiculous. Yeah, that that was, that game was something. And so, uh, and in case, because I know there's some listeners that I, I still get people wondering, the extra innings rule is off in the postseason, so we still have the potential for stuff like that um, to, to come about here. So um, no Manfred ball. Thank yeah, no Manfred ball in, in the postseason for that. Um, who on this White Sox team are you least looking forward to um, having your pitchers have to throw the ball at? Yoan Moncada, 100%. Now he's he's getting hot down the stretch here. Um, I mean, not. I mean, he's been above average this season. He's been decent to good. Um, Have you had to play Yuan Moncada in the show? He's scary. <laughs> so he he's your your number one. Don't want to face pick here. Okay. Um, yeah. So you said you you think the game's going to five. Jose um, Abreu is an RBI machine. Yeah, I, I think it's going to five. Okay. Um, do you, but you think the Astros would have the edge going into that series? I wouldn't be an Astros fan if I didn't if I didn't say that. I, I, in all, yeah, I mean, if if we're being one hundred percent honest, um, I, now back on back back on the baseball subreddit, I want to say it was really it was either late twenty sixteen or really early twenty seventeen. Um, had to have been around when Eloy Jimenez came up. Um. I had, I, I, there was a thread. It was poster controversial opinion for this season. And I said, watch out for the white. Maybe it was 2018. I said, watch out for the white Sox. They're about to be amazing. And I got downvoted to hell and I was a little bit early. Um, I, I don't think this is the year. I think next year is their year. Mm, I hope not. I mean, I hope it's not their year this year. either. I'm a twins fan and as longtime listeners know, um, most of our most of our uh, our uh, hosting rotation here do don't have any good feelings towards the White Sox. Uh, you can oh. you can go back to our season preview episode and listen to Jimmy go off on uh, his opinions on the White Sox. But uh, although yeah. I'm going to make a really controversial statement right now okay. and say uh, it's not the White Sox that you're going to have to be worried about for the future. I it's, don't. It's, it's the Tigers. I don't think that's controversial at all around here. Um, yeah, we 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 think the Tigers are going to do do pretty well. They scare me. Both teams scare me. It makes me sad that our window seems to be closing so very quickly after it opened. Um, I I don't know what happened this year. We've talked about what happened to us enough. All right. Uh, final thoughts you have here. For the Astros down the stretch, your thoughts on the the postseason going forward? Who's going to make the postseason? Just anything last minute thoughts you want to throw out there? Any more controversial hot takes um, before we we wrap this up? Sure. Uh, So I was wrong. Byron Buxton did not get traded. I know the last time I was here, I said Byron Buxton would be traded. I was wrong. I I wish I I, nothing against you. I wish he would have came over here, but turns out we were actually okay um i i the homer in me says it's going to be the astros that come out of the american league 
Um, <clears throat> we are barreling towards a rematch of the 2017 World Series. I feel um, the uh, I think the Padres have faded off too hard, too fast, too late, um, which is sad. I, I'm, I'm a closet dads fan, but I, they're going to be fine next year. Uh, Cardinals voodoo magic is not going to hold strong. Uh, there's nobody out of the East that I think can really can really stand up to any of the teams in the West. Uh, the Brewers were kind of an interesting, an interesting team this year. Uh, I still think they're, they're not quite there yet. So it's going to be a team out of the West. It's battle of the West this year. And it's as much as I hate to admit it, I do believe it's going to be the Dodgers. And as I'm sure the sub and baseball fandom at large and baseball Twitter and uh, Astros, Astros haters and apologists across the world are, are ready for a, are ready for an Astros Dodgers rematch. I know I am uh, as a fan, I'm ready for it as a, as a Reddit mod. I am absolutely not ready for it and not looking forward to it. There will be so much salt if uh, <laughs> we get a 2017 rematch. Oh, I, no. I, uh, I I legitimately don't think there is any I've been a mod for almost 10 years now. Uh, I don't think there is a a World Series matchup that would be less hyped for people being excited about it on the subreddit. I mean, there's a lot of Dodgers fans, there's a lot of Astros fans. Obviously, you guys will be excited about it. For the not the for the neutral parties, uh, that that'd be interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. The, the Rays and Giants have some things to say, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure Team Chaos is rooting for it. <laughs> All right. Well, Phil, thanks so much for coming on again and uh, talking Astros with us. Uh, we'll see if they do uh, make it through here. We'll probably be asking you back uh, or, or clutchy ball. One of you two on to, to talk Astros when we get into the postseason here and do some of those episodes. Um, but thanks so much for coming on and talking Astros with us. And, uh, for those of you listening, stick around, we're going to wrap things up right after this. that's all we have for this week thanks for listening next week we will hopefully finally find the one day on the wonderful ashley mclennan schedule to have her join us again to talk about the rays and preview their playoff run and we'll be back to break down all of the hopefully exciting series to close out the last week of the season it's almost the last week of the season guys it's making me very sad that it's coming to an end here but also glad that the twins get a new start next year and the playoffs are fun. All right. Anyways, uh, our baseball weekly is executive produced by me, Lewis and edited by nine. Our production administrator is Christine Maz joined me for the intro this week. Special thanks to all Phila for joining us for the Astros segment. Our theme music was composed by Chuck lease. Our baseball weekly releases every Monday morning, bright and early. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.